Welcome to the Companion Chapel. My name is Mike, coming to you from the Great Lakes area, beautiful Ontario, Canada, on this gorgeous December 15th, 2.20. And today, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, we're talking about morals and peer pressure. And uh, Tammy's with me today. Hey, Tammy, how's it going? Um, I'm finding it chilly. You're fine... Finding it chilly. Oh, I thought it said fine. Okay, Tammy's fine. Put a, put a coat on, <laughs> put a sweater on or something, a shawl or a blanket or your snuggles thing. That blanket with arms in it. Snuggy? Does it have a, a snack holder built right into it too? <laughs> That's <laughs> my belly it just sits on. <laughs> for, turn with me in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 1. Here we go, Paul teaching about morals and peer pressure, and you better not fold like a cheap lawn chair when it comes to peer pressure. Verse 1, Moreover, brethren, I would not that ye should be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea, and were all baptized un unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea. Okay, stop there. We're talking about the Exodus. There's all our fathers. Well, out of there came Abraham, and Abraham's father of many nations, and kinsman redeemer jesus christ makes us all one of the father and under the cloud god guided these people he made them pass through the sea the red sea he took care of them he got them out of egypt with moses leading the way and moses following god of course and did eat the same spiritual meat and did drink the same spiritual drink and they drank that of the spiritual rock that followed them and that rock was christ and you go hey wait a minute Christ wasn't there on the Exodus, but it just says he was here. And the spiritual rock is the bread of life, and he's the living waters. And think about it like this. Christ is the living word. And in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, Emmanuel. But Christ was there right from the beginning. Hosanna, Jesus Christ, our Savior, our salvation. That rock was Christ, is, was, and always will be. Uh, verse 5, but many of them God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. And we're talking about Numbers chapter 14, and uh, you can, should read that sometime. And they were overthrown by what? They were overthrown by temptation, by, by the demons, devils, evil spirits. And they got into themselves this self-pride thing, and they just decided to leave God. God didn't leave or forsake them. It's almost mind-boggling that these people could have left God after they saw all these miracles like right in front of their eyeballs. Now the six. Now these things were our examples and that's why. It shows human frailty. Examples. Don't sit there and point fingers and judge other people. Just consider human frailty. Now these things were our examples to the intent we should not lust after evil, after evil things as they lusted after. And people lust after evil things constantly. Only Jesus Christ did not sin. No guile, no malice, no corruption was found in him. He was the only one found worthy. And he's the only one that did not compromise to evil. He is our rock. He validated the kingdom he set up for us, now in abeyance. And now we have to look at all these things for examples. Everything in the Bible was for an example. These aren't just Bible stories that some passed down as they are. They're for your benefit today. Everything happened for a reason, to show us, okay, if you act like this, this is going to happen. If you act like that, that's going to happen. And there you have it. Neither be adulterers, as were some of them, as it's written, 
the people sat down to eat and drink and rose to play. Exodus chapter 32. What was going on there? Oh, Moses went up to the mountain to have a chit-chat with God. And he comes back down and his brother Aaron's got a gold calf set up. All the gods melted into one that they got from Egypt. Like God... Our father, God, Yahweh, allowed these people to walk out of Egypt with all their crap, all their stuff. They just took what they wanted. And they melted all the gold that they had into this calf thing, and they were were worshiping it. Now, God's the God of the living God, and this calf, if you want to worship something that you have, just imagine, if this calf fell off its little calf stand, it couldn't even pick itself up. So what's it going to do for you? Nothing. Even negative nothing. Right, Tammy? Is there such thing as negative nothing? Oh, my Lord. <laughs> Is there? What? Tammy argued with me there's not such thing as minus zero and plus zero on the Celsius and Fahrenheit scale. But I didn't say. You know what? I thought it felt like plus zero, but then the other day it was zero and it felt it's like either, minus zero. It's zero. Well, it was colder on the minus zero day than the plus zero day. It's zero. All right, let's get back on subject here. Um, let us... Eight. Oh, the people sat down and eat and drink and rose up and play. Exodus chapter 32. Start reading there. And they put they put their own play first and they put their own uh, lasciviousness first, like their own pleasures first. They didn't even consider God anymore at that point. They just made up their own God. And what's new under the sun? Nothing. Eight. Neither let us commit fornication as some of them committed and fell on one day three and 20,000, Numbers chapter 25, check it out. Um, yeah, you don't, uh, uh, here's the reason, 9. Neither let us tempt God, as some of them tempted, and were destroyed of serpents. Numbers chapter 21 again, and this applies today. You don't tempt God, you don't challenge God, you don't, God's got nothing to prove to you. You have everything to prove to God. And you can't violate the principles of God without consequence. Sit there and taunt God and say, Wow, if God would see it, God this, if God that, why would... Listen, you humble yourself. and Or you can just fall like these people fell. And most people have already fallen like this already. And they got a long way to go to come back. And it's a very sad thing. Never look at other people that with their downfalls, faults, and miseries and find any happiness in it. Even when they're all like being cocky and and full of their own narcissistic ways, just look at them like with compassion and go, geez, that's horrible that you think like that or feel like that because you beat yourself up with your own train of thought that's outside of God's word because it's always going to end in disappointment and failure. Every single time you think you got it all worked out and all of a sudden, oh, you know, I had expectations on this person. I had expectations on that person. I had expectations that this was going to happen like this. Ends in failure. Every plan, plot, or purpose of mankind has come up with outside the word of God has ended in failure. Every political system, every economic move, everything that the mainstream multimedia comes up with, destitute of truth, just ends in disappointment, disappointment, human rights violations, Mother Nature's rights violations, Failure, failure, and then anguish, and eventually, if you keep it up, mortification of the soul, and you can sit there on the other side of heaven and beat yourself up with your own thought pattern, that's the rod of iron, that's the rod of correction, until you decide you can't take it anymore. It's you do it to yourself. 10. Neither murmur ye, as some of them also murmured, and were destroyed of the destroyer. That's right. You leave or forsake God. 
God doesn't leave you or forsake you. You just think you know better. I don't think this should be like this. What I know, I know. Like, you look on Facebook. This just, I haven't been on Facebook for so long. Thank you, God. But people will just say anything and do anything. It's the fakest place of fake people or keyboard tough guys or keyboard know-it-alls. Now, 11. Now, all these things happened unto them for examples. And they are written for our warning upon whom the ends of the world are come. This is God's way of teaching. He gives us de facto examples. That's not a word, is it? No. He like gives us de facto, that's a word, examples. Examples. Yeah, that we can tangibly look up in history that really happened and look what, what went down with it. Okay? 12. Wherefore let him that thinketh he standeth Take heed, lest he fall. What are you standing on? Are you standing on the rock back in verse 4? That's the rock of Christ. Are you standing on your own pile of sand thinking you're all that in a bag of chips? I don't know. 13. There hath no temptation taken you, such such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. Don't read over this verse. This should be one of your go-to verses when you're sitting there feeling sorry for yourself or blaming others or the woulda, shoulda, couldas or having disappointment in others because everybody is going to disappoint you at one point. Don't put expectations on other people. There's no temptation. There's nothing that has not happened to somebody else before. And it's not, it's even common. Everything. You have to consider, I'm going to forgive and consider human frailty and consider your part in it. Don't sit there acting all innocent and all self-loathing. God can't stand that. It's for a lesson for you. You get the lesson for yourself and look at yourself. God is faithful. When you're not faithful, what happens? Sit there and blame God? Most people do. Who will? Your temptation is not more than that you can handle unless you make it more than you can handle. Unless you just think, oh, this is it. It's over. I can't handle it. And God gives you a way to escape. That's, read carefully. God gives you a way to escape. Not what you think is the way. Not what your egotism or your self-pride thinks is the way. Your way to escape is this. The meek shall inherit the earth. You humble yourself. You afflict yourself with discipline. You don't deserve anything. You don't have any entitlement to anything. You take inventory of look around what you have and you give thanks. You hit the floor and you pray to God, thank you. I deserve nothing and thank you for the basic necessities of life and just get over yourself. 14. Wherefore, my dearly beloved, flee from idolatry. Yeah, that's right. Just flee from all the stupid things that that is uh, blasphemy and useless. Like, what are you, uh, what are you idolizing? Like, I would say you just walking the dogs. These people are on my case about the two little eight-pound dogs going over this little piece of lawn. Like, what do you, what do you idolize in yourself and your your um, authority that you've bestowed upon yourself? Or you know, people idolize their cars, their jobs, themselves especially, and they get to, you know all bent out of shape over over anything. So just be careful here. The love of Christ in your heart has to be the only thing you pray for and the only thing you want. All the other stupid things that man's made up are just useless. Vanity of vanities. All is vanity. All is vexation of spirit. Get over it. 15. I speak as to wise men. Judge ye what I say. And remember, 
Proverbs 8, all wisdom comes from Father. In the beginning, wisdom was there. Wisdom personified, even before the first Adam was formed, upon the high part of the earth. That means, even before the first Adam was formed, that means the whole universe was a pulverized dust. And who was there? Wisdom personified, that's our Lord Jesus Christ. The rock, as mentioned in verse 4. The cup of blessing which we bless, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? Question. Yes, it better be. The bread which we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? That's oneness in our Lord Jesus Christ. Think about it. Christ got up there. Why was he up there on that cross? Like he could have easily got himself up there. There was, there was like 200,000 angels waiting for his command. But he could not compromise the evil because it wasn't in his heart. And he wants to set up, and he did set up, a place of peace beyond our present comprehension, a kingdom, the kingdom of God, has no guile, no malice, no corruption found in it. And that was Jesus Christ, our Lord, our Savior. He was blameless, sinless. He did not compromise with evil. And that validates the kingdom of God that he set up for us, for each and every one of us. And you should humble yourself and think about that. When you look at a cross, that is the ultimate humiliating, brutal death the most torturous pain you could possibly think of, especially for a guy who was walking around and he was blameless. They didn't find any sin in him. But the ways of the world, the evil of the world, hates the truth. And Jesus Christ is the light, and the light is the truth, and the truth is the great separating force between good and evil, right and wrong, and heaven and hell. There's no negotiating there to suit your lifestyle. You have to you have to negotiate yourself to suit God's lifestyle. And Jesus Christ loves you. When that love of Christ comes in your heart, you feel great sympathy and compassion, but you stay firm in your convictions. For we being made are one bread and one body, for we are partakers of that one bread. Jesus Christ feeds us. He's the living word, and he comes. He's our shepherd. We shall not want another. He feeds us. He is the bread of life. He is the living waters. We partake in that many-membered body. 18, behold Israel, Isaac, Sarah, Rebekah, Abraham, and Leah, the prodigy thereof, um, the posterity thereof. Behold Israel after the flesh are not they which eat of sacrifices, partakers of the altar. That's, okay, we're all of the flesh and we're sacrificing flesh. Um, you better ask yourself, what altar? What flesh? Like, what are, you, what are you digesting here? What are you putting into yourself? Like, think about it. Are you offering things up to idols? Let's go 19. I'll help, help you out with this. What say I then, that the idol is anything or that which is offered in sacrifice to idols is anything? Yeah, that's what he's saying. It's something. It's something that's in your heart. And this includes your actions, your thoughts, and how you spend your time. What are you offering up to idols? What are you offering? 20. But I say that things which the Gentiles sacrifice, that's all the nations, the people. They sacrifice to devils, not to God. This is you sitting there sacrificing your time. Are you giving it up for God? What's the first thing on your mind in the morning? Getting to work, making money, getting more, getting trying to get more for yourself. Selfish, not selfless. You give it up for God. God allows you to wake up. He allows you that next breath. He allows you that heat you feel, the entitlement you think you have, the hot water and the vehicles. And yeah, go race around like a maniac and try and get ahead. But you just remember, you give it up for God. You're sacrificing your life for the devil. Just be careful. You have to sit and think about what you do with your time and with your money. 
and it's not yours. Everything belongs to God. You're living on borrowed time. And I would, I would not that you should have fellowship with devils. Don't fellowship with devils. You go like this. Jesus Christ, our Lord, our Savior, in the greatest grace and in, in grace beyond measure, gave us power and authority to rebuke Satan, all evil spirits, demons and devils, all powers and principalities of Satan, everything that offends, everything that corrupts, everything of the darkness. You rebuke from inside you and all around you, and immediately you pray for the love of Christ to come into your heart. And you mean it. You don't sit there thinking about your your driveway sealant or your front lawn or you need some landscaping or a bigger house or what you think you deserve. You humble yourself. You don't that's fellowshipping with devils. Twenty-one. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of devil and the cup of devils. That's being a hypocrite. That's trying to play both sides. Hey, well, you know, I just gotta get ahead here. My you know what? You know what bothers me? You want to talk about you don't think you're fellowshipping with devils? Then look at your uh, investment portfolio. Trace every penny back. Is it violating any human rights somewhere? Is it in the petroleum industry? Does it go into the sugar? Does it go into chocolate? What does it go into? I'm telling you, God is going to require you to, to um, God is going to require you of that. He's going to say, hey, hey money bags. You're sitting there and you're making, you know, so much a week when you retire. Look, look at the people you're hurting. You better watch what you better clean it up. You better not fellowship with devils. That is textbook fellowshipping with devils. And don't you think you're above that? You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of devils. You cannot partake of the Lord's table and of the table of devils. Um, it's here and a. That's all there is to it. You can't negotiate there. There's no lawyers there negotiating. There's no limbo. There's no purgatory. It's here and a. And that is so refreshing. Because when you get to heaven, what do you want to sit around and argue with people? No. Christ is the word, and the word is yea or nay. And that's all there is to it. It's the sword. It cuts both ways. Hebrews chapter 4, uh, 22. Do we provoke the Lord to jealousy? Are we stronger than he? Uh, the answer is yes and no. Yeah, we provoke him to jealousy. He doesn't want to see you doing stupid things. And he's not going to stop you from doing stupid things because how else are you going to learn? And are we stronger than he? No. Read Exodus chapter 34, 28. Now, here's takes some... I, I, re, I study from the manuscripts, and this is directly from the manuscripts because this English and the King James makes no sense whatsoever. And people pull all kinds of blasphemous abominations out of here, including that they can eat pork now, or they can uh, do whatever they please. Uh, just It's endless. Let's get this down here. I'm going to teach this right from the manuscripts, but I'm going to read from the King James 23. All things are lawful for me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but all things not edify. Okay, what does this possibly mean? Paul is referring to civic and social situations. Paul stands firm in God's law, but notes God's laws are not always convenient to follow in a morally corrupt world or profitable in the ways of the world. You can't just say, okay, well, you know what? I got this paycheck here and I got this investment portfolio dude over there who can like triple my paycheck. And yeah, I'm just going to go over there and triple my paycheck and sit here and act like holier than thou. No, man. You're going to have to explain that to God. He's not, there's no explaining to him. He's just going to require it of you. Hey, 
That's what you think. You think you can just bowl over your fellow brothers and sisters. You're all children of God. doesn't matter if they're not on the same continent or not sitting there at your table. You know, you have to, you have to account for it. All things are lawful for me, but all things I define not. I just, I just said that, that, uh, uh, okay, I already taught that. 23, 24. Let no man seek his own, but every man another's wealth. Now, you know what? How many people have come up to me and say, yeah, it's dog eat dog. It's uh, only the strong shall survive. Or, um, you know, here it says, yeah, you go after someone else's wealth right there in the Bible. I'm like, oh, it says that. You know, I remember someone pointing that out to me. I was like, come on. Like, seriously, let's, let's read this, what this means, the sense and the meaning of the words right from the manuscripts. This means, let none of you seek after or pursue your own conceits. Don't seek your own self-pride, your own narcissisms, your own egotisms, your own smugness, your own arrogance, your own vainglories. These things are opposite to seeking humble and self-disciplined, being a humble and self-disciplined person. But every one of you seek another, not after the same vain nature. Okay, there you have it. That's that verse, and you can rewind that all day long. Um, what verse are we on, Tammy? 25. 25. Whatsoever is sold in the shambles that eat, ask no questions for conscience sake. Yeah, what's the, people tell me, there you go. Just go and have a BLT and don't ask any questions. That's not what this means at all. And that's just a sad state of affairs when people teach you this. God's food laws stand. Christ says, I came not to change one jitter jot of the law or the prophets. He came to fulfill the blood sacrifices. Now, what this verse says, Paul's teaching, he's answering a letter to Chloe. And there was, what was going on there? Remember? When he answered, Chloe let, writes him a letter and said, look, all this stuff's going on here. And Paul says, yeah, it's all carnal people. They're all thinking in the ways of the world and in the ways of the flesh. Because there's envy and strife, divisions among you and there's fornications and just blasphemy after blasphemy and Paul's trying to straighten things out here saying all things aren't lawful and they're not convenient and they're not all profitable in the ways of the world and don't seek after your own lusts and your own own ways your own vainglory and whatsoever is sold in the markets go ahead and eat but make sure you shop smart and ask don't question yourself if everyone's sitting there and they're having bacon and eggs. We're having bacon and eggs. And it's like, you're in a cafeteria and that's what they're serving, bacon and eggs. Don't sit there and eat the bacon. But don't sit there and point at other people and say, you're abomination to God eating that bacon. Blah, blah. Just be quiet. Just don't eat it. Just, just make an example. I stand firm by my convictions. I follow the Lord God no matter what. And you're not going to make me eat that filthy, dirty animal. And, but don't look down at them and go, how can you eat that? Ew, that's so gross. Oh, my God. I'm so much better than you. No. Be, be quiet, you're mouthy. Enjoy your egg sandwich without the bacon and let them eat the bacon. Whoopie-doo. What do you care? Like, when they ask you, say, well, here it says here in the Bible, we're not to eat pork, okay? But in the markets, that's the shambles they put here. Shambles, what an odd translation. And for conscience sake, don't question yourself when everyone's doing something against God and you know better. Don't sit there and go, uh, I better try and fit in here. No. For conscience sake, don't question yourself. For the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. God owns all things. 
So give thanks what God allows you. And don't be sitting there pointing out everybody's faults. Like, I'm just going to carry on. 27. If any of them that believe not bid you to, to a feast, and yet you be disposed to go, whatsoever is set before you, eat, asking no question for conscience sake. This doesn't mean if you get a big, uh, what do you call this? What's the pork, some name? Pork things, pork chop. If you get a big nasty old pork chop on your plate, it doesn't mean you eat it. You don't, you don't break God's food laws. You don't ask any questions. You don't, you don't say, don't question yourself is what that means. These people that believe not in God and ask you to a feast and you feel like going, go ahead. Whatever is set before you, eat. That doesn't mean you have to eat the dirty stuff. You just go, okay, I'm just going to have the salad. I'm just going to have some of this delicious bread. I'm just going to have everything except that nasty pork chop there. I might eat the applesauce and anything that's not touching the pork. But don't sit there and question yourself and don't sit there and point fingers at everybody. Go blast me and ruin the barbecue. Go play some volleyball or something. Go do something else. Go get drunk. Oh <laughs> go hang out at Tammy's table with all the empty wine bottles. <laughs> but don't sit there and point out other people. 28. But if any man say unto you, this is offered in sacrifice unto idols, again, eat not for his sake that showed it, but for conscience sake. Don't question yourself. Okay? Don't eat it. Therefore, you don't eat it to show your faith. So don't, okay, yeah, we're, yeah, we got here this pork chop that big up there, and it's, it's for, uh, you know, it's, we sacrifice it to an idol. That's like double jeopardy. For the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. All his ways are judgment. We go back to Deuteronomy 32 quite a bit here, and that's our victory song. Don't waver to fit in. Don't be a, um, a behind kisser. Or a people pleaser. Yeah, I'm just going to fit in here. Yeah, I'm going to eat this thing. Okay, what verse are we on, Tammy? 29. Take a breather there. 29. Conscience, I say, not thine own, but of the other. For why is my liberty judged of another man's conscience? Really, why is my freedom judged of another person? What do you care what someone else thinks? All God's ways are judgment. God is judge. Yeah, you discern others and you um, determine certain things. And don't worry about it. Your liberty is judge of another man's conscience. I don't think so. Who, gives, who cares what someone else thinks? And that's a prison people put themselves in. Is the prison of caring what people think. And it is a brutal prison. And there's nothing anyone can say out there that doesn't surprise me. We've all walked in these prisons and... Like it says in verse uh, uh, 13 here. Where does it say? There's oh Yeah, 13. There's no temptation taken by you. That's not common to man. So have, have sympathy and be compassionate when people you know, decide to walk in these prisons. But don't let them exhaust you. Uh, show them the way. And then it doesn't mean you have to sit there and, and continually absorb it. Okay. 30. For if I by grace be a partaker, why am I evil spoken of for that which I give thanks? Of course, people point fingers. That's just human character. People just love sitting back and, and, and criticizing others. And who cares what they think? What, that's what Paul's saying. What, why, should, why am I evil spoken of? It's because it's human nature to sit back when people are limited in their intelligence and, and just 
soaked in their own uh, self-pride and, and narciss narcissistic attitude, egotism. That's what they do. To make themselves puff themselves up, they have to beat other people down. And that's what they did to Paul. And they do that today, man. There's nothing new under the sun. 31. Whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. Period. Period. There you go. Give thanks. Give none offense, neither to the Jews, neither to the Gentiles, nor to the church of God. Like, keep your credits. Keep your street creds. Keep your creds with God. Keep your reputation. It's very important. Don't let people see you. Oh, I'm teaching the Bible today. And then, yeah, tomorrow you see me hanging around with unsavory people of, you know, just immoral people, ethically corrupt people, or else I'm I'm sitting in front of some big shot accountant with some investor guy. Here, here I got, uh, you know, hundred thousand dollars. Make it a million. I don't care where you do with it. Just make me a million dollars. Yeah, forget it, man. You can't be like that. It's one or the other. Give none offense to the Jews, okay? Like, or Gentiles, nor to the church. Okay, I just did that one. Like, don't sit there and point at people either. Don't give them anything to point at you either is what I meant to say. Even as I please or try to please all men in all things, not seeking my own profit, but the profit of many, that they may be saved. Now listen, it doesn't mean he was a man pleaser. He does, it doesn't mean he changed his, his uh, moral compass to try and please people. It means that he identified with people, whether the Jews, uh, anyone of the nations, Gentiles, or whoever you are. Like, we don't judge here at the Korean Chapel. I'm not going to judge you if you're a drug addict. I'm not going to judge you if you're an alcoholic. I'm not going to judge you if you're a single mother. I'm not going to judge you if you're just a crappy dad. I'm not going to judge you if you're uh, Mr. Joe Diamond with six cars in a 10-bedroom ten ten house. We're not going to judge. You humble yourself, and we're all part of this many-member body together. And you clean your own house. You clean your own. Take care of your own inventory. And God will show you the way. There's nothing new under the sun. And there's nothing that you're going through that other people haven't gone through. It's harder, probably, for the big shot millionaire to realize, hey, I'm hurting countless people with my investment portfolio. Yeah, you're going to have to give it up. You give the money to the church. You give the money to God. And that's what God wants from you. That's all there is to it. You can't get in front of your maker and say, yeah, well, you know, just like I didn't see it, so I didn't know. You knew. And we love you to pieces. And that was a good lesson today on morals and social pressure and folding like a cheap suit or cheap lawn chair. What is it, Tammy? And with, what's that? Peer pressure. Peer pressure. That was a good lesson. Paul puts it out there. And there's no putting a sugar coating on what Paul teaches, and that's all there is to it. Documents everywhere. Well, thank you very much, Michael. Well, thank you for having me over. I'm at Tammy's house today, and I'm going back to the 338 Side Road 2029 Sogging Shores, Ontario, Ontario, Canada. And that's where the Companion Chapel lives, and it's nothing fancy, I can tell you that much. <laughs> it's pretty, no hydro, no running water, but come on up. If you have skills and you want to help in the many-membered body, come on up. Let's build a church together. I want nothing for myself except the basic necessities and somewhere to teach the Bible. Every day I can put out these podcasts. I can teach the Bible cover to cover. It's not me. It's a gift from God, and I have to give it up, and I do it willingly. And I hope you enjoyed that podcast today. Thank you very much. Much and have a great day. Bye for now. God bless.